Alrighty. Um, hey, everyone. Welcome to the 21 Days to Vegan podcast. Um, I'm your host, Alexander Glover. Um, and we're here today with a really, really exciting guest. His name is Charles Joyner. Is it Joyner? Yeah, jo- yeah. Joyner? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I never know. Like, seriously, with your last name, I always get very, very confused. People do. I never understand why they... Well, because it's like a J-O-Y-N-E-R. Yeah, and you so. try and say that. It's like Joyner. It's a very hard, yeah. like, Y and N. Anyway, mm. um, I've been meaning... This is a long time coming. I've been wanting to uh, interview Charles for a long time. That sounds like I'm just an affiliate. Like, we are, we are friends, I'd like to believe. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I'd, I'd want to be on that. your bad side. <laughs> um, yeah, and Charles is a vegan. Um, he's also six foot eight. He's a lean, mean fighting machine, literally. Um, what are you? The two times? Yeah, so t- so two time amateur Australian champion, so for kickboxing. Okay, there you have it. Um, yeah. And the reason I've got Charles on today is just to show you that. Uh, yeah, you can be anyone, you can be vegan, but our discussion today is, is going to be really focused on uh, Charles as an individual, Charles's, I guess, progression into veganism, and we're going to dig a little bit deeper into, I guess, human psychology, vibrations, uh, what we consider appropriate for keeping, like you said earlier today in your Instagram story, our three homes really, really safe, really, really happy and really, really healthy, which were our body, our mind and what was the last one? Our planet. Exactly it, which is what vegans are all about as well. So Charles, happy to have you here. Let's introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. So that was a pretty good rundown, I have to say. <laughs> all right. And that's it. We're yeah. <laughs> Podcast over. What else is there to say? Um, yeah. So just recently turned professional kickboxer. And probably I think we'll touch on it a bit a bit later on when we're chatting as well. But I guess, like yourself, didn't really go the normal path from... I went the normal path after school or what would be considered the normal path from my sort of area, which is to go to uni, but just felt that wasn't really for me. My, you know, my mind had a mindset shift and ended up really just following my passions and seeing what really looking inside and seeing what I, I thought was worthwhile for me to do and, and to find my purpose. And that ended up being kickboxing and fighting. And yeah, here we are today, now just turned professional kickboxer and get these opportunities to, to talk to wonderful people like yourself about important things. So, awesome, yeah. man. Well, what, you're 24? 25, 25. 25 now, just yeah. turned 25. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like you were saying, you did your law degree. Yeah. Uh, we were both studying law at the same time, not at the same uni, but it was interesting. Uh, we both had this, I guess, obligation to go to uni, follow the, the, the timeline that we're prescribed to fulfill in this 21st century, um, which is very difficult for a lot of people. And I feel that a lot of people tend to... Uh, gravitate towards doing that because it's safe, um, it's secure, it's what everyone's doing, you don't get judged, but you really wanted to pursue your uh, career in fighting. Let's just go into that. What actually made you want to take that take that leap of faith? Um, and obviously, it's, it's paid off, but no one knows whether something's going to pay off. Mm. But I want to talk, talk about your mindset because you knew that it was going to pay off. Yeah, so I mean... It's funny that especially with the the current situation and the the more time to think like to ourselves we've had recently I've been thinking about it a lot and ever since I was ever since I was younger and a kid I always had this desire to be a professional athlete or professional sport not not fighting when I was younger probably the last thing that I wanted to do <laughs> but but more so say I was born in England so football soccer was always important to me then as I came to Australia there was athletics and basketball 
but I always, you know, you're too, you too tall for basketball. There yeah. was no competition. <laughs> <laughs> I needed more of a challenge, but, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So as I, and as I went through and sort of voiced these, you know, my my passion about these sports and how I'd like to potentially pursue them as a career, it was I always felt that it was chopped down, and it was always. You know, you'd always get the same old, oh, you know, you have to be doing that from when you're young and you already have to be picked up by now. And it's not a it's not a safe career path. There's, you know, this is what we do. Like you're going to a good school. So you're going to, you know, you'll get a good ATAR and then you're going to go to uni and you're going to do this. And in a way, I feel like as many of us do, and I feel like it, well, it happens to 99.9% of people now, you get brainwashed into thinking that there's only these certain career paths that you can go down. So... So with that in mind, I, I worked hard at school and then got a decent, you know, result in the HSC, then thought, okay, what would be a good, what would be a good degree to do? And something that, you know, you always see on TV, you'd always uh, see in movies as the preferred career path is, you know, maybe a doctor or, or a lawyer. So I, I decided to do law. So I was at uni doing law. And I think the most telling thing for me with with my degree was that I always had to force myself to do the work mm. and I always had to force myself to big time. Yeah. Like not, Oh no, I'm not going to go to that party. Like, although I want to go to the party. No, I've, I can't go to that. I've got to do this work. And yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to lock myself in my room and, and sit <laughs> yeah. there and set timers of, Oh, you've got to work this amount. You've got to, you've got to do this. And then I'd go and do work experience. And I used to just dread going to go and work with the people that, I was set very up to go uptight. and work. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And, yeah. and it was just—I uh, always just felt it was a very sort of depressing, kind of like a toxic space. I yeah, mean, I, did, I did my like just to touch on and interrupt. Like I did my kind of like work with, or my stint with working with lawyers in like a property law firm. Mm. <clears throat> and man, it, on Monday it was like, oh, I can't wait for Friday. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for Friday on Tuesday. Oh, and so on and so forth. And and wherever I went, I was like, man, if like you can't wait to Friday, change your change your career path 100%. and and just touching on as well brainwashing isn't that a beautiful word in today's society mm. most people when you say you've been brainwashed are like nah that's my choice so many people lack this individualistic quality which i admire about you as well like you are so just set on your goals that you don't let other people taint uh the image of yourself that, that you need or that you deem necessary to achieve your goals but i'm sure there are people out there that may throw hate you may have not come into contact with it yet but i'm, I'm sure mm. as you grow and you get bigger and this world knows who you are it, it'll come and for me the first time i kind of felt it was a lot of backlash towards uh what they thought was vegan propaganda mm. um and it was people that i went to school with and they would try and link me an article and it was a nice little google search top search article that they would just send me and go mm. oh what about this and i go seriously that's not a research study like a a become a learned individual in, in in how to research like look for what you're actually trying to compose and argue against me then find convincing um arguments um but i found like a lot of people just didn't have their own individual idea or individual notion about what they wanted to do or what the world was about and they were just so happy and content in in following this kind of journey that you said was prescribed for us before we even came out of our mum's mm. womb mm. um but yeah go on yeah, no, no, agree completely, and I think it's and you and it well, it's the it's the herd mentality, isn't it? It's sort of when we're when we're younger and we're growing up, we're always sort of taught to to please our peers or to you know to fit in with our classmates and to you know you don't want to be the you don't want to be the the outsider on the playground. You want to you want to sort of 
you want to build yourself up to make sure that you're the one that's included and and then you end up doing what you've got to do to do that whether that be pretending that you enjoy this pretending that you act a certain way and then that because we're young and doing that that's just what we end up doing as we get older and older and older oh, and sure. it becomes um it becomes our character trait just try and fit in wherever we go so yeah and as soon as you as soon as you stray from that kind of idea it becomes very depressing mm. depressing sorry because you don't fit in your friends tend yeah. to stray away from you you don't have that nice sense of security that you that you would have from your friends and family and you end up being this like black sheep yeah. in whatever world you're in. But at the end of the day, like becoming who you are and, and even through being a vegan um, and having different ideas, it becomes like a very isolating world and you feel like you're so isolated from the world because you see things in, in a different manner mm. and people don't accept that different manner. But um, the one thing I wanted to say was just quickly, um, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to come to that realization that it's an isolating world because it kind of tells you to just filter out all the bullshit that mm. that just just isn't true. Mm. No, definitely. And I think it's once you come to that realization, you realize that no matter what you do, you're going to come across these these you know these this feeling of isolation or you know the negativity from people, even if you're doing something that you believe is the right thing to do by your society or what you've been told to be is the right thing through that brainwashing, you're still going to come across the negativity and those feelings of, you know, feeling as the outsider. So it's better to to go after what you truly want to do it Big time. anyway, because you're, if you're going to experience it anyway, why not do what you want to do? But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, so going back to, um, so from uni, yeah, and just, I, I just realized that I was just forcing myself to, to do these things and, and it was actually like it's, it's funny now looking looking back on it, but it was it was sort of around the rise of Conor McGregor, um, as I'm sure most people know who Conor McGregor is. And at that time, he was sort of someone that you know had or gone. If they watch you fight, they'll like know who he is. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because your about... walk in the ring is just pretty, <laughs> it's pretty substantial. Pretty McGregor-esque, but um, but yeah, and I mean, he and just just watching him, what he was doing, he was sort of changing how people were viewing a sport and he was just changing his life just through his self-belief and then doing more research into him i just realized how his how his family had wanted him to pursue a different path and he realized that it wasn't for him and and that then he decided to fully put himself into this into this world where he was told that you couldn't make a living from it and you couldn't make a career out of it and it wasn't the done thing to do but he didn't care he wanted to do it anyway because mm. he believed in it mm. And I remember I was I was listening to an interview that he was doing or something like that while I was doing my work and I was just sitting there and I was I remember just thinking like what yeah, why not? Why can't I? Why can't I do, you know, what he's doing like in my own way and and pursue this? Like it's not it's not gonna be easy, but it's gonna you know, it'll be worthwhile. And I'd and I'd obviously I'd started training at this point, so I was I was probably about six months into my training. And then from that point, I just, I just. It wasn't made, just training anymore, though. It was. Yeah, it was purpose. There was proper purpose mm. to it now, and and yeah, I just and just from there, I really just dedicated myself to. It. I still continued doing my degree, which people always say, "Oh, it's good that you did that because you've got a backup." But I, I feel like it's not a backup. Yeah, that's the same with me, man. Like the only, purely the only reason why I continued with my degree was to give myself credibility when I wanted mm. to try and convince 
I guess, a layman, as you will, that, mm. that think you are nothing without a, a degree or a piece of paper. It's kind of like when you try and give advice to someone that, and I don't call myself a nutritionist, I don't call myself anything professional in that in that respect, not saying that that discredits an individual, but people will not listen to you unless you have DR in front of your name, mm. right? And a lot of these DR people or doctors mm. um, have have completely just learnt their prescription from the Rockefellers when they invented the mm. the P, uh, the big pharma and they wrote what all medical people learn. Mm. And I'm not discrediting any doctors out there that are listening, being like, "How dare you say that?" No, there are amazing doctors out there that do long life long life research. But I feel that if you're in your field and you really love it, which you love fighting, mm. you'll you'll look up every everything to do with fighting and how you can mm. get better, how you can keep better in yourself. Wouldn't you be be willing to go out there and continually look up research papers, research articles from independent sources, not ones funded by the dairy industry, the meat mm. industry, the big farm, or whatever it is, to try and teach yourself? But so many doctors are, and I don't, I'm, don't mean to sound like cavalier in saying this, but are, but are really sick. They're mm. they're fat. They've got mm. psoriasis. Their skin's thin. They smell. And they're trying to give people advice and they're saying that diabetes uh, can't be managed through diet. They're saying high cholesterol, you need to go on a statin. They're saying coronary heart disease, oh, you're in for it. You're going to get a heart heart attack later mm. down the track. It's these things that really, really, I, I guess, get to me and, and coming back to you finishing your degree. The only reason I finished mine is for that reason. And the only reason that I'll, I'll go into doing post-grad medicine down the track is so I can again, have that credibility in front of my name or mm. or whether I choose to do naturopathy or herbal medicine, whatever it may be, or traditional Chinese medicine, just so people will listen to you because so many so many times people will be like, what do you know? Uh, mm. You've got nothing to do. And mm. I know you're, you just said yours was for a fallback and, and you don't consider it a fallback, mm. but for me, I consider it just a, a credibility source. Yeah, no, no, and that's valid because we're in, we're in a world where where that's what people look for, isn't it? They mm. um, And they're... they're they're quick to to want to discredit people that are yeah that are you know trying to trying to do a good thing or well what are we learning in law if you want to get rid of the witness you make the witness discreditable mm, right? exactly yeah. and you challenge his credibility mm. and, and it's like if I if I post a photo or you two are both there's a guy called Tom in the room he is this wonderful human that's allowed us to actually bring this podcast to life so thank you. Um, fellow vegan charles vegan me vegan uh, i find myself all the time like i'll post a photo or i'll be out in public and someone will be like oh is that leather or is that that and and no i don't use any leather products the only leather product i have is my grandpa's old watch which doesn't even work i just wear it for sentimental value but they're so ready to pick on the smallest discrepancies mm. on an individual and i don't know why and it comes down to that they're trying to discredit you purely because they're not doing anything they're just mm. they're just this mindless robot going throughout the world and I find that is really quite disheartening. And it's awful. Like, we should be there to pick up each other. If someone's vegan, go, man, well done. Like, mm. when people quit smoking, it's well done. Mm. When people go sober, it's, oh, well done. But with going vegan and ditching meat and ditching uh, dairy and saving the planet while saving yourself and, and the health of those around you, like, it's all of a sudden shunned. I mean, let's mm. wait 20 years. We'll be, like, the forefront for this. But um, mm. anyway, continue, Charles. Mm. And on that point as well, it's, it's funny... Even with the the going sober thing, I think people take it as a as a personal like a front to them, yeah. And I'll, and you know, so say if I'll if if I'll say oh I'm vegan or someone, and often it, it seems to be word of mouth that people will be like oh you know Charles is vegan, and someone comes and asks me, and then when they're talking to me, they're justifying to themselves like to me why 
why they aren't vegan or why they you know why they eat and I said like, look and I'm like look for me the way that I go about it I say look just try it for yourself if you because this is what I did I I tried it I felt better doing it and mm. and then so I stuck at it and that's why I initially did it and then of course there's the, the ethical benefits as well and I just say to people look I'm not attacking you and I'm not I'm not I'm not judging your way of life I'm not trying to like attack what you're doing but just try it out and if it works for you it works for you and that's great same with you know giving up drinking or giving up drugs or whatever it may be it's i'm not i'm not criticizing you for doing those things but you know this is what why i chose to do it and if you want to if you want to take a leaf out of my book that's cool go and do it as well yeah man a huge thing and and people kind of i i completely agree people take it as a personal attack and i've come to kind of realize why and and it's down to the fact that they feel like they're not doing anything or they think that they should be doing that Mm. like when i was when i didn't drink like i didn't drink from age 17 to really about 22 Mm. um around the same time i kind of met you was Mm. when i just went oh i'm gonna like try these things right bad influence (laughs) (laughs) you corrupted me man um no but a lot of times when i didn't drink at parties people would be like oh why aren't you drinking Mm. like you're so lame like you're you're not full of fun like why are you doing this and it's like who cares why i'm not doing it i'm doing it purely for reasons that i don't need to explain to you i don't need to explain why i'm doing this but people took that as an attack on them. Like, they loved drinking. I didn't. So, therefore, they should try and pressure me to drinking. When I wasn't into drugs, like a lot of people, why aren't you doing drugs? Same thing. Smoking, same thing. But when it when it comes to veganism, people go, oh, I could never do that. Um, why would I want to do that? There's no health benefits. And if I just touch back on the doctor thing, um, recently in my little hometown of Kayama, some people have said, oh, I have been to the doctor. I said I'm low in iron and they're telling me to eat red meat. That is complete bullshit. Like, and if you're a doctor who really cares about being a doctor and providing what you say that you're providing to people, which is health, wellness, and not just a, a, a cure to something, but a preventative measures, like you would know that that's not the only way that we get iron anymore. In fact, it is it is far less um, absorbable and it is heme iron. Heme iron isn't regulated by the body. If you really wanted to give them healthy sources of iron, you'd say, hey, have plant sources, which are non-heme, which means you can't overdose on iron and it is a lot better regulated so it's hard to underdose which is anemia um but but it comes back to like yeah even doctors are very uh i guess not wanting to jump onto these kind of things as well because it challenges their lifestyle that they're accustomed Mm. to they like the fact that they can go out and eat their rich fancy steak with 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 rum and whatever it Mm. is and smoke that cigar (laughs) because they've made it they're a doctor right Mm. and they're a, a living embodiment of health now again i'm not discrediting doctors here i don't want people to be like you're an asshole there are some amazing doctors out there doing an amazing job and doing amazing things but unfortunately, some give these doctors a bad name. And again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush. But you're teaching and you're learning from a prescription made by the Rockefellers, who created big pharma and created the medical industry away from traditional. And my issue is in in our day and age, we tend to create a massive chasm between two things: traditional medicine, Western medicine. If they could coincide, we would have a far healthier mm. society surgeons don't get me wrong that's amazing that's life-saving western medicine is is beautiful for saving someone's life on the spot something which traditional medicine cannot do we have car accidents we have all these technologies but traditional medicine is all about a holistic lifestyle talking about your vibration talking about meditation talking about mindfulness Mm. talking about what you think what you breathe what you feel which western medicine says is hippie mumbo jumbo but same with diets, like you either have to be a meat eater and mm. that's that's the embodiment of manliness. And if you're vegan, you are somehow not that. Mm. 
which I would I would consider complete complete redundant information if you if you looked at someone like yourself, mm. right? But yeah, no, it is interesting. I think I just waffled then, and I just no, got no, it's good. It was the passion coming out. <laughs> I got but stuck. It's, but on, on exactly what you're saying, though, um, with you know, if you go back to what we're studying at uni, you're not going to take legal advice from a criminal, for example. No. In terms of you know, in terms of what I do, I'm not going to take my coaching advice from someone that doesn't know how to throw a punch or doesn't know how to fight themselves and can't. And or I'm not going to take nutrition advice from someone that's overweight and clearly eats poorly. So in the same way, when I and the exact thought that I've had with with some doctors, when you see them and they're they're clearly extremely unhealthy and they've you know they've got their unhealthy habits and just physically you can see it's just it doesn't fill you with confidence that you're going to be able to get the best advice from them so i think it's yeah i think it's important i think it's that's a really good point that you mm. wouldn't take it you wouldn't take legal advice from a criminal no exactly which is but would you if the criminal was one of those underworld legal advices yeah well that's true i mean I, when i was saying that i was thinking that they, maybe it would be someone to good, good, get good legal advice from because they know their they way know around the, the around the law. Yeah, they know the system probably better than well, that's anyone. The thing. But... So does it come down to the person itself? It doesn't really matter about what you are, what you have as your label, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, scientist, mm. whatever it is. I mean, sure that helps, and you and you've learned the basis for what you're trying to do. I'm struggling putting my jacket on. Yeah, um, that's all right. But um, <laughs> does it does it come down to you as a person whether you envisage what you want to get out of someone? So yeah, like you said, you wouldn't go to uh, advice about fighting for someone that couldn't throw a punch, but mm. would you go to advice? Um, from say a world-renowned street fighter who is just he, he hasn't had formal background training I guess mm. but he but he knows mentality he knows exactly. mindset he can talk about mm. breathing or whatever and it really does come down to that and I think it's a, a test of um just uh, the, the human in their own way how they hold themselves how they compose themselves but a big thing I want to touch on with you especially is I tend to, like, and and I'm very open about this. Like, I've lost a lot of friends doing what I do. Mm. Um, I lead lead a very, (laughs) I lead a very, like, I guess, isolated lifestyle. I don't go out to big parties on the weekends. I value time with with learning, time with with training, uh, and time with surrounding myself with like-minded individuals. And whether that's few and far in between, like, I don't think I've actually sat down and seen you for maybe a year and Mm. a half or whatever. I Mm. saw you, you fight, but that was very... Um, short and sweet but what I'm trying to say is that you do connect with individuals that you tend to gravitate towards and I feel that people that have have bought into this timeline they don't really understand what it is about their gut feeling or vibrations or frequencies or actually understanding energy from someone and how someone actually emits energy they just think it's like a oh this person's cool I'm vibing with them like this is a cool vibe but it goes far deeper than that. And mm. if you can resonate on someone's vibrational frequency, which which is, I would challenge anyone out there to, to prove me wrong that we don't vibrate because we do. Like mm. that's that should be scientific fact. But mm. a lot of people just think, again, you're a hippie saying we have mm. a frequency. Well, you can feel it. You can literally, I've, like I've had times when I'm having, you know, discussions with people, I'll be in a certain environment and your, your body literally, you can feel it vibrating mm. when you're, do you know what I mean? When you're in that, when you, and it, and it's that energy that, that lifting of energy that you feel when you're in a in a and also in the same way that's what depression is when you're in a, a situation or a circumstance where your vibration is being lowered and you can feel it you feel heavy and you feel you know that that weight inside you and that's to me that's what that vibration is those mm. energy vibrations mm. yeah yeah and, and it really comes down to frequency and um what I think is interesting is when you do eat a, a vegan diet now let's let's actually get into the nitty-gritty of veganism um 
which I'm sure is what a lot of people listen to this for, not just two men bantering about randomness. But no, <laughs> in all seriousness, when when we do talk about frequencies and vibrations, um, did you notice anything change? Or actually, what did you notice before you went vegan? So I want you to dabble on, because I'm not shy at all to say that I wasn't born vegan. Like, I have eaten my fair share of meat. And people have said to me, would you be happy to walk into a room full of dead corpses of all the animals you have eaten? And I said, yeah, I'd love to know what I've actually caused. And I think everyone should see a Mm. picture of how many animals that they're killing every single day. But what did you feel before you went vegan? And what did you feel after you went vegan? So so for me, uh, how how it first started, so like, like you, I was brought up on a, you know, I'm not sure. Meat and three veg. Yeah, exactly. And lots of lots of dairy as well. Mm. And for me at first it was it was all when I started training. So when I was I used to drink so much, so much milk a day. Um and and yeah, I just felt And no, that's not why you're six foot eight, he's six foot eight purely through art plants. Yep, yeah. And yeah, stuff like that. But uh <laughs> but um Genetics. Yeah, genetics. That's it. I've got I've got tall tall parents. But yeah, um do. but um yeah, no, no, I used to drink so much, uh, so much milk, and I just could not digest it. And it was just, I was just always, you know, before training, I just felt felt sick and was always having to go to the toilet. So at first, I, I said, okay, I'm going to try and I'm going to, I got to change something in my diet. I gave up milk straight away. Felt so much better. Um, digestion was improved, and then because my digestion was improved, my energy was improved as well. So my training performance improve so much and at that time it was all about training performance how could i get the most out of my training then i was you know but i still felt there was more to give so i was feeling that when especially when i was eating meat before training i was having to eat sort of like four or five hours before i was training for it to properly digest and i thought this like this just can't be right like it doesn't it just doesn't doesn't make sense i've got to eat so far in advance to make sure that my body's ready to go and that i'm not just focusing on what's still in my stomach so i gave up i gave up the the meat and and then yeah straight away from then i could just i could my digestion was my digestion would never become an issue again and what everyone had been warning me about going vegan and giving up these things was oh in the sport that you do like your bones will be, you know, you won't get enough calcium because you're not having dairy. So your bones are going to be like brittle. brittle. Exactly. Um, you're not going to have the energy, all these things. Now before, before, so, and how I describe it to people was before I went vegan, like I was fighting okay. So I probably had, I had five fights before I went vegan, but my camps, my training camps were always labored and my recovery was slow and I was always feeling drained of energy. When it came to the fight, I felt like I'd... And because I was training hard, I felt like my body just wasn't primed and ready to go. When I made that decision to switch to fully vegan, it was, yeah, it was crazy just the the impact that it had on my training. I felt my recovery improved so much. In terms of when it actually came to the fight, I was so much more explosive and it was like my first proper knockout victory where I just, I think I, and the guy that I was fighting was far more experienced than me, but I just had that, I had that belief that I just, that I would be able to, to beat him. But, but when it actually came to the physical performance and of course I had my doubts as well because people have been telling me, oh, well, you've gone vegan, so you're probably not going to have the same energy and you're going to feel drained and whatever it may be. Yeah. When it actually came to the fight, I just, it was the best performance I ever had. I was so much more explosive than I'd ever been before. And I just felt fresh and ready to go. So that just solidified in my mind that, yeah, this is the right choice for me. So initially it wasn't for any, 
ethical reasons. Mm. But when I in saying that, when I was younger, with the with eating meat, I was always I always struggled with the concept of eating meat. I ne- it's an animal. Yeah, I never enjoyed it. I always mm. loved animals, and I always my parents had to be like, "No, you like you need to eat this." And I used to have to sit for hours just sitting at my plate until I finally finished my food because I just didn't understand why we were eating what was a dead animal on the plate. Mm. I can just vividly mm. remember those those dinner times where I sat there eating, and it's it's. It's no criticism to my parents because they they didn't have the same information they they weren't aware, mm. but and it but it's it's just it's just how society was. It was just what the what the thinking was. You needed to eat. Children needed to eat meat to grow up strong and to be healthy or whatever it may be. Yeah, big time. Like first of all, I just want to reiterate what you just said so eloquently. By the way, you speak lovely. Oh, thank you. It's his uh, legal. <laughs> it's his legal tra- So you did pay off. I mean, if you yeah, uh, yeah. you would have just been a meathead coming in here chatting. Yeah, exactly. No. Um. What I wanted to say was the fact that you noticed a difference. So a lot of the people say that. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll be protein deficient. You'll be calcium deficient. Your your bones won't take it. Your recovery will be poor. But the fact that you literally can speak here and and you're a fighter, and now I find it hard to watch fighting. Like it, that's just in my nature. I'm I'm purely an ethical vegan uh, on on the on the fact that I can't actually watch individuals as humans or animals get hurt. It just freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but. For you to be able to say that you move more explosively, I mean, that's purely through inflammation. I mean, the mm. lack of inflammation in your body would have been able to make sure that your biomechanics can move so much more swiftly and soundly. Mm. Uh, mucus buildup around your joints would be far, far reduced being a vegan. But the cool thing, I think, is calcium. I mean, time and time again, people say, oh, you need calcium. You do not get calcium from dairy milk. I mean, yes, you may get a little bit, but it is completely redundant. The calcium that you're putting in your body from dairy milk, besides all the mucus, besides all the hormones, besides all the anti um, antibiotics, which is actually the real, well, one of the leading causes of antibiotic resistance is through consumption of animal products. Uh, it was a PBN, plant-based news. Don't know if you followed them, but they're really, really interesting. They just came out with a study, and it was it was talking about antibiotic resistance, and it is because we consume too many animal products, and that is why we are becoming less susceptible to antibiotics. Not that I think we should eat or consume antibiotics, but calcium in our body from a, a cow, a bovine, which is meant for a young cow, mm. right? Now, that little cow has to get from 90 pounds. Do you want deodorant, mate? No, no, I'm all good. Are you sure? I it, some... it, was, it, was a, it was a burp. It wasn't a smell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my nice little alkaline non-aluminium Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a roll-on or is it a... Um, it's a roll-on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't spray. That's we just... can't share that, though. Do we share that? Yeah. Roll-on? You okay? Yeah. Well, if, do you want some? No, no, I'm all good. I, I think I smell all right. But... Yeah, well, I don't wear deodorant. Yeah. Ever. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think you smell. If you don't eat toxins and you're not yeah. consuming alcohol and, and whatever. Mm. Quick sidetrack. But um, yeah, back onto the calcium. If you're consuming uh, dairy calcium, right, which is meant to grow a cow from 90 pounds to 400 pounds or, or 500 mm. pounds in, in less than 90 days, right? That A isn't good for you. You're putting on a lot mm. of saturated fats into your body. But if you look at it more deeply, the, the calcium has a different enzyme. We're mm. extracting calcium from our bones, enzymes from our bones to deconstruct and break down this foreign body of calcium. So when you're consuming cow's milk calcium, yes, you're going to be absorbing some because your body can break down some. But you're not really absorbing much because you're actually reducing the amount of calcium you have in your bones, to break it mm. down. 
Like it's a double-edged sword here and people don't actually realize that. So when people say, oh, your bones are going to go weak, like that's complete bullshit. Like uh, my mom has just been diagnosed with osteoporosis and the first thing I said, and she's 90% vegan purely through my influence, but I said, mom, you need to give up the dairy. Like you can't have cheese, you can't have dairy. The number one uh, cause for osteoporosis is dairy. Mm. What do they put in the the medication for osteoporosis? Dairy. Mm. Like, you should be having vitamin K2. You should be having iron tea supplements. Like, you should be having all these things, not this osteoporosis medicine with more dairy in it. Um, So, yeah, I just think that's really interesting. But also, you said your gut. I mean, uh, people are more uh, lactose intolerant than they are peanut intolerant, Mm. right, in our our day and age. And that's significant considering we're always told about the the effects of peanuts and and the amount of allergies. But more people are lactose intolerant, which Mm. is is crazy that that's not expressed. But, of course, the the massive dairy industry, the billion-dollar industry can... um, can hide that but uh yeah going going more more deeply i guess um there is a myriad of reasons that people go vegan Mm. ethically um sustainability uh for your own health whatever it may be but i tend to find that no matter what reason you go vegan you end up being vegan for all of them Mm. did you find that? yeah definitely and i think and that's what that's what i'll i'll say to people is when when asking about it it's I'll, I'll explain how i explain to you but then for me it's the you know the the ethical part is just like a an, an added benefit to it where it's just obviously it becomes one of the main benefits but for me at first it was about the performance whatever it may be but now you know now that i'm more involved in that lifestyle the the ethical because i've always i've always loved animals so now being vegan for two years i just can't even comprehend that thought you know what i mean of mm. of eating meat mm-hmm. or or just or, or funding that funding that um that industry and what what i found interesting is probably when i was when i first went vegan there was not so my coach had gone vegan six months before me but around me there weren't too many people that had but now you just see more and more people not jumping on the bandwagon but well it's not a bandwagon yeah it's a lifestyle yeah exactly um well they're just jumping on the fact that there's exactly, education exactly and they're, and they're exactly. educating themselves and actually trying yeah, on themselves exactly and seeing and that's the most important thing i think the best and i feel like the best way that you can the, the most success i've had with people talking to about it is just i said just try it yourself and see how you mm, feel mm. if you feel better stay with it why would you you know if you feel ill after drinking milk why would you continue to mm. do that mm. when there are other alternatives if you feel you know sluggish and slow after eating meat which most people tell me they do why would you continue doing that i, I don't see the point but then it goes back to what we we're saying about you know before about people just you know people won't it's 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 what people, people won't go outside of their boundaries exactly. that they know and, and they, they don't think it's an issue they don't and also they don't want that they don't want to receive the they want to live a life where they're not receiving the criticism from other mm. people as well, because because mm. I've got a thick skin because I, you know, I pretty much all my choices now are outside of the norm. So I get people questioning them a lot, but I, I understand that people live their lives within that you know circle of what the norm is. Stepping outside of it can feel extremely challenging because they are going to get people going questioning why are you doing this like why 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 did you make this decision and mm. if they don't want to put up with that then they're going to stay within the norm until mm. more and mm. more people create a new norm mm. and they feel like they can step well, until over. it swings and i think 13 yeah. percent is the magic number to to swing 
a majority uh, or to swing from a minority into a majority uh, because dominoes start falling. But what I wanted to get to, like, yeah, you're right. Like not many people have access to this education and a lot of people when they start coming across the education go, okay, cool, it's there. But they're not willing to to do it because they think it's it's completely fallacy. Mm. And there's one thing that I stand by, um, and even Tom was asking me about it before, but I will never, ever, ever say or or promote or uh, influence or motivate someone to do something if I purely don't think it works. And how do I know that it works? I don't just read a study. I, I do it on myself. Mm. And I will never do anything on myself um, uh, like sorry if if I do something on myself and it doesn't work I would never tell someone to do it but I will never tell someone to do something if I haven't trialed it myself mm. and so people say time and time again like oh how do I go vegan but what about protein and what about this and I'm like what do you mean like A I'm an embodiment that you can do it mm. I'm not a bodybuilder I'm not any of this but but I, I tell and I mention people like yourself and I say how uh, amazing these people are and how they've managed to achieve this through purely leading a vegan lifestyle. And so I think it comes down to, like like this podcast is called 21 Days to Vegan, I say that you do need 21 days to go vegan. Mm. Why? Because your gut bacteria, right? Your gut bacteria is going to be sending signals. It's going to be say, saying, eat that steak. That's not your taste buds going, I want a steak. Mm. That's genuinely bacteria in your stomach going, shit, feed me that stuff that I feed myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with you liking the taste of meat. Mm. No one grows up liking the taste of mm. raw flesh, not to mention the fact that you season it for it to taste good anyway. Mm. You're not just eating warm flesh from from a dead animal. Mm. Um, and, and the second thing is uh, your taste buds take time to change as well. Your brain, you might get headaches because you're not putting all those uh, chemicals into your body. And, and people people are very, very, I guess, not wanting to try things on themselves. But then when someone says something like, here, take this antibiotic, they're going to jump on that antibiotic. If someone says, here, take this vaccine, they're mm. going to jump on this vaccine. Now, I'm not saying anything about those two topics mm. because they're very contentious. The rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Big rabbit hole you could go down there. But but I, I do think that's really in, interesting. And I love the fact that, that you say it with such... Um, uh, just compassion, and that's th- that's how I kind of lead my life. I say I just plant seeds in people's heads, mm. and when they're ready, they'll come back to me and exactly. go, "You know what? I want to be a vegan." Like Andy the other day messaged me saying, oh, do, yeah? "Do you have vegetarian meal ideas?" Mm. And I said, "Yeah, sure. Here's a bunch of them." Even though I don't agree with vegetarianism still, but mm. but it's still it's progress. It's a step. It's a step. Yeah, yeah, and all progress is progress, and and that brings me back down to when you were fighting and wanting to wait five hours to to fight. People don't say, oh, why don't you just eat some fruit, man? Because mm. they think, oh, fruit, sugar, f- fruit's going to make, make you sluggish. But no, mm. like fruit is is the most readily absorbable energy that the body can assimilate. Mm. When you eat a piece of fruit, you have immediate energy. You don't have the crash either. It's not like you're eating a candy bar or these sour worms that these bodybuilders promote to, to get jacked up muscles or whatever. If you consume good whole quality fruits, such as berries, melons, uh, like a mango, banana... Whatever it is, before a fight or before your training session, you don't have to wait those five hours. Mm. And chances are, when you are going to perform, you're you're not going to get a sore tummy or you're not going to get indigestion. You're not going to have that that achy kind of slow feeling that you get from eating meat. Uh, And the last thing I wanted to say, like when you you were not wanting to eat meat as a child or you thought there was something wrong or or after you ate a big meal, you were like, well, what have I done? Like it just doesn't feel right, maybe. Um, That brings us, which I want to touch on later, but porn, right? Mm. 
what do 99% of men agree with after watching porn? They're like, what the hell am I watching? Mm. And they shut that window very, very quickly, mm. right? 100%. Like, But everyone, everyone <laughs> yeah. says the same thing. Like, even in high school, like, which I think is way too early for all this stuff to happen, but but it is in our day and age. But but people will be masturbating and they'll be watching porn and they'll be like, yeah, man, like, as, as soon as I finish, I just, like, look at what I'm watching and I'm like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. And it's so true. It's because it's not natural. It's yeah. not what we're actually meant to be doing. Yeah. It's just programmed into us and conditioned and brainwashed. Mm through our society. And um, I think the same thing applies with veganism. Um, so, yeah, like you've told us about the experience. Um, w- what would you say um, is your goal for the future? So just in terms of whatever, whatever. Just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah touch, on, touch on everything. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of... I mean, of- unless you want to add anything about veganism, but I think... I feel like it's going to come. It'll come up again, yeah, won't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, 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 yeah. It'll flow nicely. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. <laughs> being a vegan podcast. <laughs> Men. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. So in terms of, so obviously with my with my life, my one of my main focuses is, is the kickboxing and that's sort of what I've dedicated my life to do, whether that be the training, competing, the recovery around it, the various social media things, the learning I do, most of it's dedicated to... And we, by the way, what is your social media so people can follow it? Yeah, so well, Instagram is underscore Charles Joyner. Um, I also have a YouTube, which I haven't posted on for a while. There's some good stuff on there, and I'll post on it again. But that's that's just Charles Joyner, I'm pretty sure. And and yeah, they're the, they're the main two that I use, really, yeah. the two. But yeah, so... And your contact number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can put that in the follow me on Instagram first yeah. and then we'll see <laughs> slide into the DMs, slide in first. The DMs. <laughs> I'll do a scout but um, <laughs> but no in terms of kickboxing so look I'm I'm never one that you know people might call it arrogant or whatever it may be but I just call it fake humble if you're not this is um, my goal with the kickboxing is just to be considered one of the greatest of all time when my career is done and look, when I when I started when I started training, it was first of all it was just to become a professional, and I thought that was pretty far out of my reach. I quickly realised I could achieve that. The next the next thing I wanted to do was to become a world champion, and obviously I haven't achieved that yet. But I know that that you know that's within my reach. And oh, I, big time! And I just want to say one thing as well: like your 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 um sense of confidence, and don't ever call it arrogant because mm. arrogance is a is a really redundant term unless you have a big ego and I don't think you have a big ego um, I think it's just genuine you mm. but the thing is like whenever anyone talks to me about someone that's a professional fighter or they're fighting or in my local gym in Kayama when these two boys always try and get me in the ring and I'm like no, no. <laughs> I sometimes get in there and then they hit me really hard and it hurts um the thing is, I always, I literally will always talk about you and I could never speak an ill word of you and I always speak very highly, but the, the one thing that I always come back to is like, this guy will achieve what he wants to achieve mm. and that whether you like to call that manifestation, which which is, I believe in, but you seriously resonate this energy, not just through what you say, not just through how you act, but through through you as an individual. And I think that's something that you should be really proud of when you talk about it because it's mm. not arrogant. It's just you. And I, I don't have any doubt that you're going to achieve whatever you want to achieve. And I appreciate that. Thank no, you. but it's true. But yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. So and 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 on saying on on saying that, I think like you were saying, I think arrogance is what people use to. You know, it's, that's a manifestation of their own insecurity. I feel when they call someone arrogant, a manifestation of your own insecurity. That is mm. a beautiful, mm. eloquently put. I love those way big to words. Describe. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a learner. I have a law degree. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't flash that too much. <laughs> I just use my let, let my words say it. Bit of a Russell Brand kind of uh, introduction. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Big true. word man. Big word man. But um, yeah, no, and I think so. And what I found with when I've set these goals that it's um, the further outside of your comfort zone they are, obviously in the direction that you want to travel, mm. the quicker that you're dragged towards it. Oh yeah, big time. Know? It's um, so when I, you know, when I when I just started training essentially, and it was to become a professional fighter, I knew in myself that I had to start training like a professional would. So already I was training like a professional would when I really only just started training because that's what my goal was. Mm, mm. Then when it, w- I had a few fights. Okay, now it's I'm pretty good at this. I'm going to try and be a world champion. So mm, then I had to mm. up it again to okay, how would a world champion train? Mm. Now it's I want to be considered one of the greatest of all time. What do I have to do on a daily basis? to get me to that status because it's not going to be what just a professional would do it's going to be something you know extraordinary mm, mm. and it's and it's being that discipline. best version of you yeah discipline of being your best version of yourself on a daily basis mm. and not and not letting your you know your focus waver yeah can i just jump in mm. a lot of people like to to say this 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 term thrown around which i think is kind of ruining society and i might get a little bit of flack for this but so many people say, oh, self-love. Mm. And what you've just described to me is self-love, mm. right? That is the embodiment of self-love. You're trying to be the best version of yourself every single day so that you can reach something that you are passionate about, so that you have a legacy to, to live with, right? But when people say, oh, self-love is is crying and, and having red wine and, and, mm. and destructive-natured behavior, I mean, sure, if that's what you need, don't reach for the, the bottle of red wine. Reach for a friend or a therapy or help if you're in that position, but self-love isn't just something you can throw around as an excuse to not work on being the best mm. version of you. And I find that time and time again, so many people will say, oh, I don't have time for this. I'm being my best self. I'm living my best life. But if you really were living your best life, you'd be living the, the image inside your head that you have of yourself. Mm. And no, I, I, I have this conversation so often with, I try not, uh, mainly with people that are close to me that come to me for advice, but it's, it's hard to tell them that you're not doing enough to get where you exactly, need to be. Exactly, yeah. And you've, sometimes you've got to be that bad guy. But what, what I've found, I've experienced, you know, th- and through social media, um, it'll be when I, if I put something out about, you know, going after your goals or, you know what I mean, trying to be the best version of yourself, the response that I will sometimes get from people is, oh, it's easy for you to say, like, I've got to, I've got to do this and I don't have the luxury of going after my goals. I've got to... and it, and but, uh, but luxury, man. I drive a nineteen ninety. Uh, sorry, a two thousand and four. No, two thousand and one Mitsubishi Express. Right, a little van. Mm. I live with my mum now in Kayama. I sacrifice doing this and that and that. And and people say, oh, but I I can't do this. I can't do that. It's like I don't live this flashy lifestyle. Mm. Like whatever you see on Instagram, that's a myth. Mm. But I don't I don't even promote a flashy lifestyle on Instagram. People know who I am and what I drive. And, and what I do. And I've had friends saying, oh, would you let a girl get in this car? And, and, and things like that. And, and people will chuck those excuses at me as well. They, have, they go, I don't have time. It's like, if I want to come to Sydney and, and do something like this, which I am grateful for the opportunity to do this, but I have to make sure I get up at five and, and I go and train and I do this. And then what about my food? Well, I've got to make sure I'm going to my grocer on the way home and, and spending my money there and not spending it on a new phone or a new computer or or an experience or going out and spending $500 on a night out or doing drugs or whatever it is. People will come at you and they go, oh, but it's so easy for you to say. Oh, but it's so easy for you to say. But it's like once upon a time, I was exactly, I was probably lower than what you even are now with the resource that you have to ask me for help. Mm. 
Do you know what I mean? And no, hundred percent. Do you I, feel that a lot? Oh, that's a hundred, and that's what I say to him. I say it's always a choice. You always have the choice of how you spend your time, where your mind, you know, where your focus goes, how you respond to certain certain circumstances. So to to say that you know some people are just lucky that they can chase after their their goals or or chase after what they believe is their their purpose, and to say that some people are you know trapped in this slave sort of life that they don't want to live in my opinion is complete rubbish i think no matter what situation you're in you can always you always have the choice to get out of it exactly and make little changes it might of course you might have responsibilities where you've got to you know provide for your family i'm lucky where i just have to look after myself essentially Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there's always something that you can do to you know to start working towards this different career this different life because there's there's plenty of examples if you're if you're willing to look for them of people that have come from the worst you know the worst conceivable you look circumstances at David Goggins for, yeah. for an example exactly there's so and just and even in the business world whatever world you want to look in where people have just come from the most dire circumstances mm. where everything's against them and they've just little by little they've turned it around and it's no it's no luck it's it's purely from hard work and well it's purely, yeah and, that, and, and that's the guy sitting right in front of us Tom like. I'm interviewing him after this, actually. Um, but he worked very hard even to, to get to work in radio. And he yeah. told me the backstory of radio. And I was like, holy smokes. Like, you would never think that the things that you have to do mm. just to get to where he's he's wanting to and wanted to work. Mm. And, it, and it doesn't matter who you are, what you want to do. If you want to write a book, for example, go out there and spend every waking moment that you have to, to write literature, learn about words, learn about um, linguistics of society and, and how words are formed, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it is a choice, like you just said. Mm. And everyone has that choice. I don't care who you are, what your excuse is. Everyone does have a choice. 100%. There are two parallels in this world, and it, it's like the body. The, the body is either in acidosis, in an acid state, mm. or alkalinity, right? Mm. There's two sides of pH. Science is pH. Yeah. Right, we have the pH level of seven point one, which is in alkaline. Our bodies are alkaline, but it, it's that simple. You can either go one way or the mm. other, um, and, and people like to make excuses. And then you've just got to you've got to ask yourself, like, are you really willing to do this? Like for me, I will I will be twenty twenty one Australia's first vegan Ironman. Right, mm. that is what I'm working towards. That mm. is why I'm up and running again now that my knee injury is gone, which took uh, far too long. Um, but it's it's these things. It's putting these things into perspective. It's running in the rain. It's training mm. when you're you're really tired. It it it's helping someone out. It it's putting your priorities first before your desires. Mm. Um, and and it comes down to discipline. But it also I think comes down to not having an ego, um, and not letting yeah. an ego getting involved in anything because an ego i believe is the number one enemy to yourself and personal growth definitely um and i'm not saying you can just click your fingers and an ego goes away your ego will always come back as well your ego is with you you live with it but it's taken me since i was about 21 to actively reduce the impact of my ego on my day-to-day life like if people go oh do you want to be famous do you want to? i don't care if i'm famous i just want people to I guess learn what I have to say um, and egos get involved because people want to be perceived a certain way mm. but it's so much more about the collective consciousness of the world um, and when, when we're talking about looking after our planet as well especially like I couldn't give 
too minute worries about anyone's opinion of me. Like I know that uh, there are some really bad opinions about me in the world and there is with everyone, mm. right? Um, but I would never take it to heart because I, I personally don't have an attachment to myself. I don't see myself as anyone. I see myself as a tool for the progression of the world. Um, and I see myself as having a responsibility for the preservation of the ecological, environmental and self-preservation of myself um, and the world around me. And, and it's really hard to conceptualize this to people. And they go, oh, well, then you, you must have an ego. You post pictures of yourself on Instagram. I use Instagram as a platform to promote veganism, right? I, I purely do that. And I, the reason why I might post a, a topless photo is because people don't think that you can be a certain look by being vegan do i train to look a certain way hell hell no i i haven't set foot in the gym since i was about 19 wanting to look a certain way that's just facts when i was 17 18 i was like yeah like abs whatever it was right (laughs) that was the cool thing but it's completely removing yourself from that and viewing yourself from an outside source um and, and being also like an ego isn't necessarily just uh the positives about you you can't just rely like some girls might be able to rely on their looks or guys might be able to rely on their looks but an ego can also be the bad things about you. It's, oh, I've, I've got a cough. I can't work out today. Or my name's Charles Joyner. I broke my hand hitting someone really fucking hard or <laughs> hitting something really fucking hard. I broke my hand. I can't train. But no, you were in that gym training on your legs. You were in the gym training with your other arm, learning to punch it. Like it's it's not relying on those things. Again, like people saying, I can't do something because of that. That's your ego as well. Yeah. And people don't understand that your ego is both negative and positive. And it's when you can fully remove your ego from everyday actions and just learning to be a being. Um, and you are like um, Jet, uh, Jet Li famously says... Um, sorry, Bruce Lee. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> As Bruce Lee says, like, be water in a mm. vessel, right? Change to that vessel. Like, be malleable. That's all you can do. But you can't do that when you have an ego because you have this sense of rigidity within you. And people might say, well, go out there and do that. Wear this. Do that. Your ego comes into it initially and will stay there until you learn to break down the walls of your ego. Um, and for me, I don't think I would have, I guess, had self-growth or, or self-preservation or wanted to do a lot of things without without completely removing my ego. And don't get me wrong, it'll come back at times. Like, I'll be doing something and think, oh, I'm not doing this. And then I'm like, no, hold on, that's that's complete rubbish. And it's learning to sit with those thoughts as well. Um, and it's also like mindfulness plays a big role. People, people think that when you're being mindful and meditating that you're just there with an empty head. It's like, no, thoughts come in, but it's it's your just acknowledgement of those thoughts and letting yeah. them be there. But, um, yeah, sorry about that that side note, but I just think that's really important to um, just be aware of. Well, I think, I think, and as you said, they're aware of awareness is key because I find myself, my ego will flare up on a daily basis, and it's but it's through awareness of it that you can then work around it. So whether mm. it may be, you know, the 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 fight the fight world is quite a an egotistically driven world yeah definitely and i think as an outsider looking in yeah definitely and i think it's so that there's there's definitely times you know where yeah where your ego can flare up but how i try and look at it is um especially with how people react to you or how people may speak to you or you know respond to you i often how i look at that would be oh well that's you know, I, I try not to. I try to take myself out of it. Don't take it personally, and and just anyone else's reaction or action is just them dealing with their own things mm. and whatever it may be. But mm. when you, it's when you have that awareness, you, it's not having that need to always react and always prove that you are this person or that you are that person. Mm. Mm. And like you said, it's it's those, you know, the negative sides of your ego as well. 
whatever they may be when you when you bring when you bring light to those darker sides it, mm. it's you know the the darkness pales in comparison to the light so mm. i think the awareness is always key in those situations mm. yeah. oh yeah awareness is always key and it's um it's also dealing with yourself with compassion like and an ego and and you play with your ego like you if you're aware that it's there you 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 learn how to manage it um but yeah it's being aware just in general but also uh people that might want to give you flack for something like people that are trying to disprove veganism i go okay that's your opinion and please move on um because yeah you you do get a sense of oh well i have to just associate myself with being this and i've learned recently that pe- people ask me what i am who i am what i do uh, a big thing for me is I've learned to actually say I am just being, right? Every single day I'm, I might be different. Now, people always say, oh, like, you never get angry. You never seem, like, heated or whatever. I I get angry. Like, I might be angry tomorrow. But I don't say that I reject the feelings of anger today because then that means I'm just juxtaposing and being a hypocrite tomorrow when I get angry. So I've learned to just embody being and not having an actual assimilation to anything so people say, oh, are you a vegan? Yes, I am a vegan, but I would just rather call myself like a, com- a compassionate individual towards other beings that I consider a sentient being. Um, and, and it's withdrawing from these these ideal notions um, that people try and instill to make themselves feel like a better person. Like, mm, yeah, like I'm really like holistically involved with this, this and this. But it's like, well three weeks from now you might not be and then you might be putting judgment on yourself instead just just be like what i said like the water in the vessel and it's and it's the the only way to be because that and that's that's it man that's the key word Mm. you flow as soon as you flow like you would know it in a fight you probably are in a state of flow Mm. like when i run and i run like i don't know a marathon distance i am in a state of flow i'm only working with my breath i'm only working with my pace i know if i'm three seconds off pace or whatever it is um and yeah it, it is that awareness i mean i could talk about that for for days let's mm. be real but um yeah i i had something else to say that i really wanted to touch on but now i can't remember so it'll come back it'll pop up yeah but go on do you have anything else to add um no, no i think i think that I, I think the concept of flow that's that's a lot of of a lot of what i focus on on a daily basis flowing through situations i think if you you know whenever there's resistance it's always a always a time that you can look back and reflect and something to become aware of but i think flow with anything is it's like that fine balance of you know it being it being sort of engaging enough for you to pay attention to it but not hard enough where you where you lose interest or john i mean or not too easy where you lose interest and just finding that balance and with my training and with just how i and and it and it first came from my training trying to find that flow but then also implementing that into my into my daily life just trying to flow through situations and accept accept situations for what they are accept people for who they are deal with them accordingly and just move on with your life onto the onto the next thing but yeah i like that dealing with people like for who they are um Mm. you can't change someone i mean you think about how hard it is to change yourself yeah and then people are out here trying to change another person it's like you're you're like completely kidding yourself if you think that you can change another Mm. individual um, but the thing I, I also wanted to ask maybe is in terms of, um, I, I guess, what you embody and what you encapsulate, in my opinion, is obviously different to someone else's opinion. But what I see is just an individual who's very self-aware um, and, and self-awareness I, I respect greatly because it is very hard to come by in our day and age. People try and, and blame 
something on something always mm. um, instead of just being, uh, I guess, accepting. Accountable. That yeah, keeping mm. yourself accountable. Um, but the thing is, like, and this is what I say to a lot of individuals, um, as soon as you become vegan or, or you learn to adopt a vegan lifestyle, it actually teaches you to challenge notions you had about yourself because you've challenged what you have been brought up with. I mean, going vegan, not only do I think, in my opinion, raises your vibration because you're putting living energy into your into your body but it also teaches you to to question other parts of your life and to learn about yourself a little bit deeper to question why you might do things and like you said throwing light onto very dark areas of your life like i have very dark areas of my life that i don't necessarily talk about um but sometimes you might acknowledge them and go holy smokes this is debilitating me right now you breathe, you learn to accept it, you deal with things, and you actually face them head on. And I was going to ask, like, did you find going vegan, you almost had like a metamorphosis? Yeah, I think, I guess, I guess for me, I think vegan, going vegan was part of the metamorphosis. And I think it was the whole, the the process of, because you, know, you were to, a caterpillar when I met you, man, but now you're mm, a freaking butterfly. A butterfly. <laughs> the potential was in there, just had to break out. <laughs> I feel like I'm still a caterpillar. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm still going. I'm just halfway out. And I'm just one yeah, out. one wing out, <laughs> flapping about. But um, no, nah, yeah, no. I think it was sort of that process of you know trying to be the best version of myself and really focusing on what I was doing and looking within. Obviously, becoming vegan came along, but and it, and it that just came hand in hand with just trying to be a better person. So trying to be like, I'd say when I was, when I was younger, it was, I'd, I probably had a, and I had an ego and that would, that would manifest itself. in in a lot of times trying to be better than other people or trying to maybe put other people down or trying to, to, to do this or do that. So I think the metamorphosis was tied up definitely in, in taking that transition to being vegan. But I feel like, I feel like every, I feel like when you're self-aware, you can have a metamorphosis every every month. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, you make real. these realizations where you're just, well, mm. well, I've I've outgrown that, or I've you know, oh, I've got to I've got to act in this way. Mm. And I think the biggest the biggest thing for me that really changed how I look at things and how I go about my life is 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 that being accountable for for what happens and really taking your power back. So you know when. You know, instead of when something happens, instead of looking at, oh, this person did this, so this is why this happened, it's looking, okay, what can I do in this situation to to change it? Or how can I view this, how can I interpret this situation differently? There's a really good, when I'm explaining this to people, there's a really good um, analogy that that I like to use. and And I heard it somewhere else, but it was basically a set of twins were born to a really abusive alcoholic father. And you've probably heard it before, I think it's quite common, but basically when these twins grew up one twin grew up to be abusive and alcoholic and the other twin grew up to be you know really sort of focused and successful or whatever and and clean whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. and when asked how they grew up this way and why they grew up this way it was the alcoholic and abusive one said well my father was an alcoholic and he was abusive so i had no choice but to turn out this way and the the one that was clean and successful said well my father was an alcoholic and he was abusive so i had no choice but to to not be like him because because mm. i didn't want to be what that example was set mm. for me and I, I try and use that to explain that it's always your choice how you respond to how you respond to things and how you react yeah how you react and yeah. and how you <clears throat> you know 
how yeah and how you how you act accordingly afterwards and and i think the biggest metamorphosis for me was that you know it's always your choice to to become a better version of yourself whether that may be okay my diet's not feeling i'm not feeling great from this diet how am i going to change it up okay i'm going to try being vegan okay but that's a choice that i've made to better myself and it's also benefiting you know the world exactly the world as well that's a choice that i can make and every single person has that choice equally in the term in the way that you treat other people it's your choice whether you know you want to let that car in today and you you know when or if you want to drive up really quick and, mm. and not let mm. them in therefore you're creating good karma for yourself or you're creating bad karma for yourself mm. that's always mm. your choice so in every little thing of our lives our lives and how we and the success that we create and the lives we create for ourselves just become a amalgamation of every little action that we do and all those little choices along the way i think people's lives go in these roller coasters because they're responding to these external events and they're they're responding to you know this negative thing happening to them and perceiving it as negative Mm. and letting Mm. these things drag them up and down Mm. but people's lives start going in an upward direction and their their mental health improves and their you know how they treat everyone else improves as well when they start realizing that that internal strength and how you respond can direct you in the way that you want to go mm. if that makes mm. sense mm. so i think for me that was the biggest that was probably the biggest um that was the biggest what was the word metamorphosis that i had and mm. and yeah i think and and turning vegan and veganism was a was a massive part of that as well yeah <clears throat> i mean that was amazing to listen to but i just had three big thoughts i really wanted to project but um i forgot them now so they can't be that important but no i think that's i think that's awesome like um like you said everyone has that choice uh yes um everyone has this opportunity but the biggest thing that uh, i want to just say is um uh, two things actually just so i don't forget them physical body and, and a cow i personally don't think that my life is any more important than anyone else's life around me okay now i mean people might disagree with that and that's fine Um, but i also don't think my life is any more important than a cow's in a paddocks okay um we both have the the right to live we both have the right to emotions to exist and and whatever um and, and that for me is how i explain uh my my form of veganism um and my compassion towards the world because any any individual is just as worthy of life. Um, they're just as worthy of the opportunity to exist and the opportunity to better themselves. Um, and I and I say to people, remove yourself from this this attitude that you've given your 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 life so much importance that you have to put all this pressure on yourself or that that you don't want to do anything. And and then just try and breathe uh, oxygen and lightness into your body and realize that that we're all here as a collective. And all that you can do is is start working towards the betterment of yourself for the betterment of society and in turn the betterment of our world. But not only that, but but today all we are right now are three blokes in a room in our physical vessels, right? Now this is probably getting heaps out of whack for some people, but I believe that this is my physical vessel that I have to work with. That's your physical vessel. Um, and when you look at it from that perspective, um, it really kind of helps just acknowledge that we are just in this physical body and not to think so hard about every decision we make so like you were saying the karmic revelation of we decide to to beep your horn at that person that cut in or we just slow down and let them in 
right? Is there a karmic uh, buildup around everything that you do? And, and yes, and that's why people's lives are maybe so up and down. But in order to get into this state of flow that you have uh, managed to acknowledge and 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 live is through realizing that we're just in this physical body and not taking everything so damn literally when we're living in every second. Yes, be present, but be present within you, right? Mm. You as yourself, you as your individual, not in your physical vessel like when you're running to the shops and you might have slipped over. Don't get angry at that slipping over. That's just something that has happened in your journey, in your progression. Instead, maintain your life in the sense of you're living just in you as an individual, not in your physical body because it's so easy to react when you're living in just a state of anxiety and Extern- adrenaline. Externalities, and, yeah. Yeah, when you're living in just your, your physical self, when, when your adrenaline can pump and your your dopamine can can spike and your serotonin and whatever because those are all your your physical body right and and it's very easy to respond and, and act very i guess nonchalant about everything um but but if you live in in your higher self which i, I really truly believe if you live within your higher self you can just go about your day-to-day existence in a relatively untainted untainted manner yes you might have some minor ebbs and flows but that's what they are they're ebbs and flows they're not outbursts of anger they're not extreme extreme distress they're an acceptance of your emotions and um that's what i think is really important the fact that we're just in this vessel Mm. um i think and i think it it ties in to what we were talking about about especially the flow and and it's and it's not not responding to you know being that, that strong internal you know taking that time to you know, be aware of, of why you may be reacting to things and why you may be, you know, responding in a certain way. And then, and once you have, once you have that understanding that you have that choice of how you react and being able to just flow with life as it comes to you just Mm. gives you that, Mm. gives you that ability to reflect and be aware. And I think that's, I think that's really, I think that for me, that, that made a big difference when I stopped responding always to the external things that happen, but take Mm. that time Mm. just to just chill reflect and then respond in the best way that suits me Mm. internally Mm. yeah yeah and i think that's cool and it brings me back even just to saying that we we are here as a collective consciousness and um it is really important to understand our consciousness and what it is and what it means but it's also important to understand that um one consciousness is good but that can't really create that much change it needs to be a collective effort um and that's why when you i guess even on on veganism and you understanding its potential to help pretty much the whole entire world, you tend to vibrate on this different channel and interact with different people. Um, and, I, and I think it's it's really beautiful. But just to bring it down, like I'm in no way, shape or form a, a pure embodiment of what I'm speaking right now. Like people might be thinking, oh, that's so unattainable. These guys are speaking so like spiritually and holistically about all these like notions of health and and wellness and 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 different types of um living but i just want to say like right now like i i am not um every day how i would like to be but that's okay i accept that and it comes down to that acceptance but i will have days where i really don't feel like training and i will listen to my body um that's another thing i've learned to do but I'll have days where I just want to sit down and eat, I don't know, 17 pieces, mm. um, obviously vegan. But I, I wanted to just to ask you, can you normalize yourself for our listeners so they don't sh- think, holy shit, I'll never be Charles Joyner? Because mm. uh, to ins- inspire like mm. the young generation of, of fighters, for example. Yeah, no. Well, there will never be another Charles Joyner. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. There will, no, there will never be another Alex Oliver. There will never be an- another anyone that no, you exactly, know exactly. that's the beauty that's the beauty of it now i think i think definitely what you were saying there about um i think i think that's the beauty of the journey having to to constantly if it was easy 
it would be boring. Do you know what I mean? I think I think whatever whatever is worth having, you know, there's a there's a bit of a, a price to pay, and there's a and there's effort that has to be um, there's effort that has to be expended to achieve it. For me, I mean, I'm every night. I sometimes forget to do it. Like last night, I forget to do it. But I'll I'll write down and reflect on my day, and I have these questions that I set that will allow me to reflect on you know how I've acted, where I've where I've slipped up or where I think I could have improved and every single day I'll have something where I where I go no I didn't respond to that in the best way this is how I could have responded to it to it to it better and it's not and as you were saying before it's not about being harsh on yourself and beating yourself up over it it's just about being aware and just being and understanding that we're not perfect so we're going to make these little mistakes but those little mistakes that we make are actually what's going to allow us to grow so and they're essential to the journey in the same way that in the gym you know that you might with weights you might try and train to failure and I, and I know there's people that argue that you wouldn't but I think that concept's nice that that failure is so important to to allow you to grow to the next mm. stage so mm. anyone that's tries to put out there that they live a perfect life um it's a joker and and, and it's ego in my opinion because <clears> it's I think the most important oh, I know people that put plant-based in their, their bios and mm. I, I know that they hate animal products yeah exactly, I think it's, yeah. it's stupid they just try yeah. and ride on this fact that they want to appeal to be a certain person exactly yeah exactly it's well, very I, disgenuine I think I think that's the problem that a lot of people try and um you know when things are hot they'll try and jump on board oh, because yeah. it, it's what's popular and it's what's and it's man's not hot yeah man's, man's not hot <laughs> never hot I don't yeah. think veganism's hot though like I mean as a man mm. as a woman I think it, it might be or, or gender fluidity but I don't think it's a it's a sexy thing being vegan I think it, it's very commendable mm. uh, to some but I, I don't think it's like a sexy thing like I get told all the time that I'm like I don't know how to say it nicely but an inferior human kind of thing like mm. a, a not, not a man because I don't eat meat mm. um, but but like you were saying like I, I truly believe progress is progress if you want to become vegan and, and it takes you a year yeah. I mean I don't care if it takes you five years and you go vegan one day vegan not vegan one day vegan not like it does not matter it's all about this um, I guess transcendence into your better self yeah, and definitely. that doesn't happen overnight and I think and I think I think the most important thing again is the awareness because it's you know I'll have I'll have going back to what we we're saying about you know humanizing yourself I'll have days where I respond to people in a negative way or mm-hmm. you know and it's often the people that are closer to you like my mum and I will just have a have a petty argument mm-hmm. and then you and you reflect back and we'll both reflect back on it and just and you just and you as long as you're aware that that's what you're doing mm-hmm. and that you can improve on that in the future that's the most mm-hmm. important thing is there's a problem when it's you, you know you're doing these things and and you're not aware of them and you're and you're blind to what you're doing or you're blind to how you're treating mm, people because mm. that's where you know that's when you can't be your best self if you're if you're blind to to where you're faltering yeah and but, you can't help anyone unless you've helped yourself yeah um and and you come from a place of uh, i guess sincerity uh, definitely yeah so i mean that's that's pretty good what we've managed to get through mm. but um just just one last thing mm. just while we're here um I mean, I I get a lot of weird weird chat for talking about like masculinity. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a stigma attached with uh, being vegan and not being masculine. Mm. Um, and people try and tell me time and time again, oh, your diet's got nothing to do with your masculinity. And I agree, like it, it does have nothing to do with your masculinity, but society dictates otherwise. Um, and there is this stigma attached with with being vegan and not eating meat um and it's attached to not having 
this stature of a man who can who can um, provide for a, a woman or another another person in general. Um, and I think this is really disgusting, especially because it deters so many people away from being vegan. But if you really think about veganism, like I, I, I made a big post of, um, being vegan and being being a man is about having compassion towards your fellow beings, right? Um, being a man is about being able to provide and doing all the most minimal harm to the environment that you can possibly do. But not only that, being a man is about being able to use your penis, right? Mm. And being able to, say, procreate. Now, most vegan men can sustain an erection far longer in life. Mm. Not only that, but they can sustain a harder erection. They mm. can produce healthier cum. Semen, probably should have said. Um, <laughs> um, <The> censoring. And, <laughs> and um, I mean, through through a, a lot of buildup of uh, uh, clogged arteries, um, there's a lot of difficulty in a lot of men that eat a lot of dairy and a lot of meat to be able to get an erection. And in, in my opinion, that would be almost the definition of, of manliness, right? Mm. Being able to use what you were here on the planet to do, which is protect and, I guess, procreate. Mm. Um, and to protect, well, you need to be strong and fit and healthy longer in life. Um, and that's achieved through, uh, I guess, optimal internal health, which in turn has been proven to be a vegan diet. Uh, but not only that, but we, I think, compassion towards another being and understanding that we don't need to go to Woolies and go buy a pre-packaged chicken, which doesn't even look like a chicken anymore. Like, if you really call yourself a man or uh, full of this masculinity, go and kill a beast, right? Go and kill that beast and eat it while it is still warm. Now, I don't know how many people of you have killed an actual animal. I'm not proud of it, but I've killed a kangaroo in my time. I've shot it. Um, my mum wanted to t- teach me a lesson when I was really, really young. I don't know how old I was, maybe 11. Um, and she wanted to teach me a lesson on what it was like to actually kill something, right? Because I was playing Call of Duty. And she's like, do you know what it's like to kill something? I'm so grateful for that lesson. Um, I'm disgusted in myself that I've actually killed something. And I never forget killing it and crying for like three, four, five days, right? I was just like, what? And this started my whole kind of transition into to looking into, I guess, animals and their sentience. But for me, like, yeah, if you're a man, go kill that beast with your own two hands or a tool that you've crafted yourself. Don't just go to Woolworths, slap something on the barbecue and say that you're a man because you eat this meat and chances are you're probably not exercising that much. Like, I could ramble for days on this, but but for me, like, uh, this masculinity idea, is it needs to be destroyed um, with people like yourself. But also this fact that um, we need to, to be this man that just, like, watches porn, drinks a lot, goes out, parties, has sex with all these these um, these people, different people, whatever it is, whatever you do, whatever you want to do. Um, but what is your take on this? Have you experienced this in going vegan? Have you experienced this in your life of fighting? Um, and, and what would you say has been a, um, a poignant view um, that has changed your opinion about masculinity? I think I think you know I think because my because I I went vegan within a a sport that's considered masculine. quite quite masculine in quotation marks um I've not really sort of I've not probably come under that same sort of criticism because it's well, because you're still beating people up. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, that's a thing. And then there's me that couldn't hurt anyone. Yeah, but you don't. You don't know. You don't know what you're capable of. I guess. But um, but it's yeah. So I think I haven't had that. But I definitely know what you mean about the 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 expectations of how how a man should act. And I mean, a lot of those things for me, they've 
they've you know watching porn going out drinking sleeping around whatever it may be they never they've never brought me any sort of sense of satisfaction or fulfillment like i never i never feel like i'm truly being my best self when i'm doing those things and i mean i can't speak for other people but i think this idea of being masculine and i think the most important thing is that you do what feels right to yourself and what feels mm. what feels mm. true to your what feels true to yourself i think for me you know i feel at my best when i'm focusing on myself i'm spending time with my family i'm training i'm meditating i'm being grateful i'm you know i'm eating well i'm eating healthily because you can be vegan and eat unhealthy oh, as big well time, big yeah. time. um but and we're all guilty of that yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely especially during the isolation oh but, yeah <laughs> but um but i think so and then you know, for me, when, when I've gone out of alignment or maybe slipped back into old habits or slipped back into, you know, what I would consider to be for myself negative behavior, I can, I can quickly tell, you know, that, that that doesn't feel right to me. So I, I think the most important thing is for people to figure out what is a right course of action for themselves. And then if someone tells you that you're not being masculine and doing that, then it has ve- it has a little, it has less of an impact because you're sure of what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think for me now, how I see it is if no one knows me as well as I know myself. Mm-hmm. So if anyone tries to tell me about myself and that I'm, I'm, I'm being soft mm-hmm. for doing this or I'm mm-hmm. being this for doing this, it doesn't really hold much power over me because... And of course, it sometimes does because there might be, you know, people that that little ego, that little child is mm. still trying to impress mm. or mm. wants wants the approval of, and they they mm. they don't agree with what you're doing. But mm. that's another that's another part of the battle. But mm. but once but once you're you are more sure of yourself and sure in what you're doing and and confident in what you're about, those people, you know have less of an impact and I, I can't tell someone that they've got to do this to to be themselves or that that's something that they've got to find it figure out for themselves mm, mm. i think once again i think that awareness that self-awareness is the most important thing mm. that you can ever you can ever teach someone or you can never talk to someone about mm. i couldn't agree more and i think like when you're when you're coming against someone that talks about the masculinity like they're challenging your masculinity purely from their perspective that they feel emasculated by those movements um, and I, and I, yeah, and I don't think anyone like I don't think anyone can argue that. For me, in my opinion, again, I'm not right. I'm not wrong. My opinion is that masculinity is about um, being compassionate towards all beings. It's also about providing um, a safe place to live. Now, the only place that we live is in ourselves and mm. on the earth, right? So, if you're really um, contributing to the animal uh, animal agricultural industry, which is so detrimental to our mother earth then can you really call yourself a man looking mm. after your home, which is there for future generations, for your children, who you're meant to look after? Um, but not only that, but but providing um, yourself uh, for the use of others, right? And you can only be yourself when you're your best self. And time and time again, vegan will prove that um, uh, through reversing illness, the only diet in the world that can reverse illness, um, getting rid of plaque buildup, uh, reversing coronary heart disease, etc., um, for me, is the true testament of being a man. It's not about this, um, I guess, intangible ideal or this ideology that that exists about, um, say, like Zeus, like the the embodiment of a man that's meant to be huge and chiselled and like this big this big st- stature. Um, it's it's really about the compassionate side of an individual. And uh, don't get me wrong, like when I have interactions with people and, and all I see is them trying to like flex their chest out at me. 
I just find it very difficult to communicate with those people and it comes back to just the acceptance and going, all right, like I've done all I can. I've planted the seeds um, and that and that's all I can do. And I've come up against a lot of people like farmers and shearers and whatever and they they try and talk to me about this. And I'm not trying to be, I guess, arrogant here, but at the end of the day, I just run circles around their intellect um, and they, they try and use their physical status. They'll come stand real close to me or they'll mm. try and um, chuck their chest out or whatever it is. Uh, but but it does come back to, um, yeah, you've just got to be aware of yourself and um, mm. allow yourself to know that what you're doing for yourself is correct. Yeah, no, but, definitely. Um, definitely. But, but, I mean, like, you probably, the, the biggest embodiment of masculine, like, to the general public, if they didn't know that you were a vegan, mm, right? Mm. Um, like you are saying, your sport and everything. Um, and I just think it's interesting that you, uh, out of everyone in that sport, in that realm, in that way of living, surrounded by those people, uh, challenge these very notions. Um, I don't know how many fighters I know that would sit down and meditate, that would mm. like spending time with their family. And this is going off stereotypes, but that's unfortunately mm. how we live our lives. Like the stereotypical mm. vegan isn't a man, um, wh- whatever it may be. Um, and I just want to say that I think it's awesome what you're doing and getting your word out there. I appreciate um, it. You too. And I, I just think, I think there's um, some big things on the horizon for you, obviously, beside being world champion. It's mm. about obviously spreading... Uh, what you need to spread to help uh, humans as a collective. But, um, yeah, is there anything else that you can think that you want to add or talk about while we're um, here? I guess, it, I guess it's... Um, well, and we're interested, it's interesting what you said also about, the, you know, the stereotypes of fighters as well because I think I think there there is a shift in, in the fight sport, you know, of, of the sort of people that are getting involved. I think in the past... You know, fighting always been linked with you know crime and whatever it may mm, be, and maybe, mm. um, and it, and and fighters are generally given you know a, a bad rap, a bad reputation for, I guess, for what they do in the ring. But I think I think I think a lot of it is is also is also misfounded because what I found when I first started you know entering fight gyms and and meeting these people was that it was like some some of the quite most genuine people that you'll meet because. The thing about fighting is that it's the great equalizer. Mm. It doesn't matter where you came from. Mm. Doesn't matter, mm. you know, what school you went to. Doesn't mm. matter what you do for work. When you're in the ring, there's nowhere to hide. It's you know your hard work and your your belief in yourself is is what's gonna is what's gonna be shown. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think it's a it's a humbling sport and it and it's um it it does promote good qualities in people. Now there are of course there are there are, you know, different cultures within fighting that are still sort of quite old school and which could be viewed as toxic. Mm. But I think, like with anything, there's always those little pockets you find where it's um, where there's change being made. And I think, especially with with more eyes coming onto the sport, there's a lot more there's a lot more um, you know research into it, a lot mm. more sort of science behind what's going on, especially in terms of like diet and stuff like that. Mm. So I think the the whole the whole, I don't know what you call it. The whole culture behind fighting's sort of changing, and hopefully, hopefully, in a few years, you know, fighters will be viewed in in the in the way that I think they should be, and as just that sort of often making a, a massive sacrifice to to provide a message to people. Because if you think of sort of like the greatest fighter, someone like Muhammad Ali, really sacrificed his 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 health mm. to spread the message mm. of of who he is and what and what he's about and what his what his message was so mm, big time so yeah 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 no i think that's i think that's really important as well um 
it's all about image in this day and age, which mm. is unfortunate. But um, yeah, some some things have been really tainted, um, and it, it comes down to you knowing for or in your in your heart what you're doing is right. Um, but I also think, I think it's cool, like what you do and and what you just said. Then it's it's to be valued, uh, I guess, in line with all other sport, because it is put on a it's put on the opposite of a pedestal to mm. some people. Mm. Um, it's the, the brutality that you, you get shown. It's the highlight reels of people just getting knocked out. Like th- these things are, are the things that people just get shown. Mm. They don't see like the work. They don't see the preparation. Mm. They don't see the mindfulness that comes into mm. in, into action. Um, or the discipline or, or, or the mental health. But I, I think it's really cool. And I think, I don't know, it'd be cool even as like an experiment doing like a, I know you said you have a YouTube channel, but a day in the life of you, for example. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I reckon it'd be cool for even me to get involved with you and doing something like mm. that. I think it's it's cool because you right now are, are the new world coming in, mm. right? And you've already there, you've already reached it in Australia. It's just the next step, which you're, you're on your way to, mm. you, you're on the way to doing um, and you have such an ability to influence people, not only through your your big brain, um, <laughs> but through your success and just through the way that you think. I think it's super inspirational. But what were you going to say? Um, no, yeah, nothing. Well, I I think, and I appreciate what all you're saying as well. A um, lot, lot of compliments. It's good. Good for the good for the ego. We're not gonna... <laughs> Man, that's, that's the thing. There's a problem in our society. People don't want to no, compliment other people. It's true. Because they, they feel that it takes something away from themselves by acknowledging someone else's good traits. Oh, big time. Like yeah. I said all the time, just to like randoms at, at um, anywhere I go, I'm like, oh, you look really good today. Your skin looks great. Your, like, mm. your eyes are looking nice. Are you and hydrated? People, people will be like, what? like, why are you complimenting me? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, because that's how we should live. Yeah, we should exactly. uplift each other. Grateful and, and, and gratitude just for existence, essentially. Mm. But, um, no, just going back to the going back to the fighting because I'm sure also a lot of the listeners won't be too familiar with with the fighting, but I think it's it's actually just predominantly UFC fighters on there. Is it? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> but um, but you know, like I always say, in terms of, I think it's one of the most honourable sports, and the reason I think it's one of the most honourable sports is, and of course, most people when they're shown highlight reels, it'll be like, you know, the blood and the knockouts and mm. what, and, and a lot of the trash talking and, and, and the arrogant side of it. But how I always say to people that maybe don't understand it too well, essentially what the sport is, is two people have agreed to, to, to test themselves against each other on a specified date, on a specified time, on a speci- at a specified weight, mm-hmm. a specified rule set. And, you know, 99% of the time everyone shows up on time everyone you know everyone's there on on the correct way and they stick to the rules so for me I feel like that's the most honorable sport because it's not like a you know it's not like a, a senseless violence on the streets where someone's mm, just attacked mm. someone from behind or or there's anger involved it's it's um you know you're 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 giving your opponent the most possible chances that they they can have mm, to beat you, mm. and that's and in a way that's it's the it's a metaphor for the the biggest test that you can possibly put on yourself. Mm. You're 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 really because you're really fighting against yourself and all the different demons that you battle throughout mm. training, whether it be mental or and physical as well. So mm. I think that's what that's what drew me into it because I th- I could just feel myself. Um, having to test myself on a daily basis and, and and it's a sport that forces you to grow because if mm. you don't grow you're going to get shown up in the mm. ring and this is why i think it's becoming more of a, a popular form of training for people as well and more people more gyms are opening up as well because people are really seeing like the you know the the sense of family and community that are within these gyms because there's there's something about it when you when you when you spar with someone 
and you tested yourself against them, you have this this feeling of appreciation and love for them. Like mm. after a fight, like there there can be people that I fought where before I'm all I'm thinking about is trying to do damage to them. Mm. But afterwards, all I want to do is like hug them mm. and just like mm. and like mm. kiss them and be like, oh, that was amazing. Like mm. and, and then your mates afterwards and you're mm. it's. I'm still yet to figure out what that truly is all about, and I think it's. I think it's that that mutual like testing yourself against each other and bringing the best version mm, of yourself mm, against each other mm. and you know um, in that honourable self respect and, yeah. and and mutual respect exactly kind of way. exactly that that I'm just going to say one last thing that's kind of a nice analogy um, you give your opponent the best chance mm. against you right mm. yet a lot of you manly men out there are very happy just to pay someone to slaughter an animal that's been bred mm. to be fattened up to uh, essentially be a piece of steak on your plate. Like if we lived every day as if we're giving the world the best chance at, at, at receiving us and where the world is giving um, us a chance at being received by them, which it is, our world is there f- to, to just receive us, right? Mm. Um, that's how I think it's it's a nice and eloquent way that you've put it. It's, it's uh, I guess, a, a form of self-discipline, self-respect and mutual respect for everything that you get involved with, mm. whether that be your driving, whether that be uh, you see someone fall over, yeah. what do you do? Um, and, it, and it comes back to, yeah, it's breaking down that stigma that exists within fighting um, and, and veganism. But um, I think it's a really cool way to, to, to view things. And that's actually got me thinking about things um, in the mm. sense that you should always give someone the appropriate um I guess, time and, and self-respect and, and mutual respect mm. to uh, experience you. Well, I think I think it's, there's a, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, Wayne Dyer and he's sort of a, I call him a philosopher, but basically he's, he's got this saying of, and he asks his audience and he will say, okay, what, what comes, what when you squeeze an orange, what comes out? Orange juice. Mm, what When you squeeze an apple, what comes out? Apple juice. Yeah. So, and it's never you never squeeze an orange and apple juice comes out. No. So essentially, whatever's inside you. I really what... squeeze an apple and apple juice comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe like a little bit. It's more like <laughs> yeah, not strong enough yet. It's my protein deficiency. Just... <laughs> Your bones are too brittle. But um, but so yeah. So essentially, whatever's inside you, when it's squeezed, is going to come out. So when you're, if you've got respect for yourself. That's you're going to give other people respect. Mm. When you've got love for yourself, you're going to give other people love. So these people that don't have respect for themselves, mm. they're never going to give other people respect because how can they? They they don't know what that looks like for themselves. Mm. So yeah, so like you were saying, I think once you start, you know, respecting yourself and giving yourself self love and trying to be the best version of yourself, you're just going to fall into those patterns on the outside because that's what you've got inside and that's what's going to be projected to the outside. So mm. that's why I always say the most important thing is is um, is being self-aware of what's going on inside you because once you've got that in check, what's going on inside you, your outside world is just gonna is just gonna flourish exactly, and it's gonna and it's gonna be molded to to what you want to create mm. because you're the you know you're you're, you're, the, cre- you're uh, I don't like the word but you're the dictator for your environment. Mm. Exactly. You have the ability to, uh, I guess, change any situation, and, and by showing yourself that that self love, it's reciprocated in everything. And yeah, it goes back to like I, I would never get into a relationship if I wasn't happy within myself, because how could I give, um, yeah, my my, my current partner that that kind of love? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think it it is very difficult to explain that to people. Um, and it, it, if you're continually 
going through these habits and expecting change, well, unfortunately, you're not going to see it. And by constantly, I guess, feeding yourselves with these foods that have such negative, like you think about the last moments that a a cow would be living that's in one of these agricultural farms, like the negative energy within that meat that you're Mm. then consuming, like you're constantly in this spiral of continual negativity and the drugs that you're getting off the street in Sydney, Mm. which have passed through 7,000 hands because it's come all the way from who knows where. Um, the amount of toxins and poisons and bad energy that's that's in that, and you're you're expecting change, um, and you get very fed up that it's not that it's not happening within maybe five days or your seven day detox. It's not a, and and that's the thing I like to reiterate. It's never it's never a detox. It's it's a life, um, and you have to come to terms with that. You have mm. to say bye to your old self. No matter how much you hated your old self, there are things that you don't want to give up as well. Mm. Um, but you 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 sadly have to like. Who like everyone likes to have a good party or or whatever it may be, but if that was your old self and that wasn't serving you, then you have to say goodbye. Um, and that that's a really hard thing. People struggle with that um, uh, disattachment, and and it's it's kind of the vulnerability that you face becoming this new person. You're so susceptible to so many of your vulnerabilities because you're essentially rebirthing yourself. Mm. Um, and I think it's an important notion to, to say, especially coupled with that um, philosophical view, uh, yeah, you have to have whatever you want in the outside world within yourself first. Mm. And n- however you get that, I don't know. But you have to work towards mm. finding what that is for you. For you, Definitely. it might be the fighting, whatever mm. it is. For me, uh, veganism and, and all I do. And yeah, I think that's... I think that pretty much wrapped it up. I yeah, feel no. like that was a good chat. No, definitely. Instagram is just underscore Charles Joiner. 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 <laughs> um, I'll put like the I'll put his stuff in the the blurb of this uh, podcast anyway. Um, and his YouTube is just Charles Joiner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go check him out for really cool, amazing things. If you're someone listening to this, thinking that uh, veganism might impair your sport of choice, um, this guy is a living embodiment of the superiority that veganism can provide <laughs> to you. Um, so yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me.